So today is graduation Sunday, so we're going to have all of our graduates come up to the front right now and stand here on the stage. Let's give them a hand. So uh, we are going to have all of our graduates introduce themselves, in case you don't know them. Uh, many of you know them. You've been with them uh, in this church for many years. And uh, they're going to introduce themselves. They're going to have, uh, have a few thank yous and uh, tell us about their plans for the future. So we're going to start right here with Matt. Hi, uh, I'm Matt Beal. So I told my mom I was going to write something to say up here, and she told me that I shouldn't write anything, I should just speak from the heart, but I told her that there's really nothing in my heart, so <laughs> that's why I had to write this all down. <coughs> to begin with, I would like to thank all the teachers that I've had here at the church, and all the friends and everything that I've made here. And the teachers have taught me basically everything I know about faith. I'd also like to thank my mom and dad, Daryl and Kenny Beal. Um, they're the ones who have pushed me, and thanks to them, I get to graduate today, ninth in the class of 2015 at Lincoln High School. They have guided me both academically and spiritually, and they have cheered me on in all my endeavors in school and in sports. And now I'm planning to attend Ferris State University this coming fall to pursue, pursue a career in pharmacy. So in about six years or so, I'll have a, a Doctor of Pharmacy degree and I'll be able to sell drugs to all of you. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I'm Braden McMaster, and uh, to start out, I'd like to give a special thanks to my family, my mom and dad, uh, my aunts and uncles, my grandpa and grandma St. John, my grandpa Mac, and even my grandma Mac, who wanted a special shout-out up here. So, here's to you, Grandma Mac, number two. Put extra money in the card. And I'd like to give a special uh, thanks to all my teachers out there, uh, Mr. and Mrs. H, for one, Jay, especially you, um, and the Rankins, and all these other people that taught me, taught me everything about this church, and I mean, they taught me everything about God, because this is where I was baptized, and I was saved here by my dad. Kind of raised in this church, so I'm really gonna miss all you guys when I go. Um, in the future, I'm going into the Air Force, like Caleb. I, I was banking on applause. And, uh, and um, after, during and after that, I'd like to pursue a degree in marketing and advertising. That's not 100% set in stone, but that's what I'd like to. Uh, that's something I'd really like to do. And thank you for listening. <laughs> um, I'm Jared Bellows. Um, I've been to this church since I was probably like that tall. I don't even know if I could walk yet, probably just barely. I've been here a long time. Um, I've visited a lot of friends' churches and stuff over the years, and there's really no church like this church. Like, church body in general, this is very comforting. Everyone just really makes you feel at home. Really like that, and that's probably one of the best things about the church. Besides the pastoring staff, it's always been great. Really, no 
minds about that. Um, <laughs> um, I just graduated from Byron High School. Um, that went well, and it's like a really small school, probably 100 kids in the grade, so it's really close in the community, and that really worked out well. Um, let's see here. Mom and Dad, thank you for everything you've always done for me. You probably spent like millions of dollars on me over the years, most of it probably being in food, so <laughs> um, thank you for your cooking and cleaning and always taking after, like caring for me and cleaning my room for me when I was younger, and then, not that now, I mean, as much as I'd like it, but you still give me gas money here and there, and I really appreciate that, um, and Dad, thank you for being such a hard worker, and putting in my mind what it's like to be such a hard worker, it really humbles me, and it really makes me go, wow, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that, so, um, future plans, um, right now, I have a cousin that's a Navy SEAL, and I've been training with them, so I've talked to him, getting the info on that, so that's what I'm looking at going into, um, and that'll be a while, because it's like, once you sign up, you train for about a year, like, just with a Navy trainer, and then you actually go into the buds, and that's almost the year itself, so it's a long process, but, yep, that's that. I am Bethany Griffith, and, uh, I am so thankful that we came here, I think, seven years ago. And uh, just the joy of having the youth group leaders that we've had over the seven years and the friends that we've made um, and the experience to serve, <laughs> try, and I think, um, to serve with the kids. And I'm really going to miss this family here uh, moving <laughs> to Detroit. Um, I really love the growth that I've had here um, and the people surrounding me and uh, the ladies ministry and as you know, young kids getting to go to the dinners and talk with the elderly ladies and um, amazing that they are and, and, the, and I'm thankful for our parents and all the encouragement that they've given me over the years and, uh, and the expectations. I love that I've grown to appreciate those and, uh, and the love they've given me. <laughs> okay, um, I will be attending Oakland University. Um, I'm thankful for the full ride I've given there, and I will be majoring in English with linguistics concentration um, and proceeding to my master's, where I don't quite know if I'm going to go into librarian sciences yet or um, proceed through the PhD level to be a professor. That is all. <laughs> I am Brandon Scout. Compared to uh, a lot of other people here, I'm fairly fresh. I like to thank all of you because you <laughs> made me feel at home here. We've been good friends, and I'm really glad we found this church. I'd like to thank my parents for taking care of me, and they've done a great job raising me. I've had dad who's helping me on my way out of high school, and uh, that, that leads me to. I'm on my way to art. I'm going to be doing what he does, hopefully. At least if enough to review what he does. And uh, I do commercial art storyboards for mostly commercials. And uh, I may do a little bit of college locally. And uh, really, that's about it. So, thank you.
for some of them, so some of them may have to leave right now or like right, at, you know, in the middle of service or right after. So uh, if they walk out, you know, just stare at them. All right. All right. But you guys can have a seat. Thank you guys so much. All right. Well, if you guys have your Bibles, let's go to Proverbs 4 together. Proverbs chapter 4. Graduation Sunday, we, we have a message that is uh, that we really want to give to be geared toward our graduates as an encouragement and as a challenge to you. It's hopefully uh, every time God's word is open, it, it applies to all of us. But throughout this message, is going to be specific application for our graduates. And uh, every one of us has choices that we've made that if we could go back, we would do it differently, right? Uh, we all know now, you know, years later, that there, there's a better way to live maybe than we lived in the past. So most parents feel an obligation to teach their kids to make better decisions than they did. I, I've got a long list of things that I'm going to be teaching my kids someday, Lord willing, uh, of making better decisions than I did. So I think all of us in our hearts, we know that there is a better way to live. And this sense that there's a better way to live is from God himself. And it's meant to lead us to God, back to God, the one who saves us from all of our sins, all of our failures, all of our mistakes, all the times we veered onto the wrong path, and it shows us how to live his way. Uh, not many graduates, I'm sure, in your class uh, are going into the ceremony hoping that their life is going to be a wreck by age 30. I'm hoping that's not the case for many in your class and definitely for you. But that happens all the time, doesn't it? Now, nobody goes into their graduation hoping their life is going to be a mess, you know, 10, 12 years from now. But so often, 
it happens, and it happens because through big decisions and, and hundreds of small decisions, we, we veer off of the right path. So today we're going to hear from God's words in Proverbs 4, uh, how to stay on the right path. So whether you're on the right path right now, or maybe you've veered off from that, maybe you've never been on the right path, which is God's path, uh, it's going to encourage us to do three things that we're going to see today in this uh, path. And the, the aim today is to get out by 12. That gives me 15 minutes. So we may not get to the last point, so we'll see how that goes. We want to get our graduates to their graduation on time. It's very important. So let me pray for us briefly before we get started. Heavenly Father, may your spirit be with us right now, present to bless this time. We pray that you would use your word in a powerful way for our graduates as they go into this next stage of their life. Use your word powerfully in all of our lives. We always need to be hearing this and reminding uh, ourselves of this to stay on the right path. And we pray that you would accomplish that through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So three points we're going to look at today, and the first one is this from Proverbs 4. First one, start on the right path. We need to start on the right path. So Proverbs Proverbs 4, 1 through 9 shows us this, but let's look at verses 1 through 2. And I'm going to be just reading through these verses. This is the only part of the service that is perfect, is when we read God's Word. So, so let's listen intently to what God has to say. It says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. Pro- Proverbs 4 begins with the father gathering all of his sons around him. And so imagine this father with all of his sons, and he's looking them each in the eye, and, and he's telling them to listen carefully so that you can become wise. And that father tells them about his father, their grandfather, and he tells his sons that when he was a child, his dad taught him to pursue wisdom. Look at verses 3 through 9. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words, keep my commandments and live, get wisdom, get insight, do not forget And do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you. If you embrace her, she will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. So the grandfather taught his son to make wisdom his great pursuit. Verse 7 says, get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. The the NIV really helps get at the force of what he's saying here. And NIV translates this, though it cost all you have, get understanding. Wisdom is worth getting whatever the cost. Wisdom isn't easy to get. It's not easy to keep, but it's worth the cost. So the great father then gives his son a motivation to get wisdom by personifying wisdom as a beautiful woman. Notice the romantic language in verses uh, 6 and 8. 
Love her. Don't forsake her. Don't abandon her. Prize her highly and embrace her. Very romantic language. This is wedding season, as many of you know, as your calendars are going to be packed over this next month. And and, uh, we're going to be going to to weddings over the next few months. And and you know the way that the groom looks at his bride when she comes down the aisle. I I remember what that was like. That was only a few months ago for me. And it it is, wow. (laughs) Okay, this is amazing. I, I get her. I get her. I get to treasure her. And I, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I was expecting that somewhere in there. It, it is giving your whole life over to this woman. And that's what the grandfather wants his son to do wisdom. This beautiful woman that you're giving your life over to. You, you are giving your life to know her and to pursue her and to love her and to embrace her. It's, it's like marriage. You're, you're investing your whole life into it. You are obsessed with wisdom. We're, we're all obsessed with something. Every one of us, some of us can rattle off sports statistics all day. Uh, we can quote our favorite movie verbatim. Some of you got that favorite movie that you could quote the whole thing. Uh, we, we binge watch our favorite TV shows on Netflix, and we spend every spare minute on our favorite hobby. We've all got obsessions. Every one of us has obsessions. There's nothing wrong with those obsessions. But, but why is it so hard for us to even get mildly interested in wisdom when it has so many practical applications for our life. Hitting that next episode button on Netflix is nothing compared to finding out the wisdom that we can find in God's Word that is going to benefit us years down the road and investing into that. Verses 8 and 9 says that if if we love wisdom like that, if we are obsessed with getting wisdom, we will be honored. We will be exalted. We will be the kind of person that people recognize as a wise person. You're going to be that Gandalf, that, that people love listening to, that love being with, that love getting wisdom for life from. And this is the way that wisdom, the way of wisdom that the grandfather taught to his son and that the son is passing on to his sons. This is the great tradition that has been passed down from generation to to generation. Parents, some of you have grown up in that great tradition. And you need to pass on that great tradition to your kids. Some of you may not have grown up in that great tradition. In a family that cherishes God, that cherishes God's word, that loves Jesus Christ, and and that pursues wisdom. If you didn't grow up in that great tradition, start that tradition in your home. Start that tradition with your kids. It really has to start with you. You have to buy into it before your kids ever will buy into it. You have to make Jesus your Lord, not just in title, but in your actual daily choices and following Him in wisdom. You have to put wisdom to work in your house first, at work, in your relationships, at church with your kids, and all, all along teaching your kids to follow in the way of wisdom. 
parents, the greatest investment that you can make with your kids is not a big, fat, hollow fund. It is investing in them the wisdom from God's Word. That is the greatest investment that you can make for your kids. Graduates, you, you have a big decision to make as you are going off to college, off to the Navy, off to the Air Force, whatever it is that God has for you, you have a big decision. It's to take the faith that you've learned in church, that you've learned in home, and hopefully been taught well, and to make that your own. You have to own it yourself. You have to decide in your heart that I am going to go on this path. I am going to stay on this path. Jesus is going to be my Lord and my Savior in, in, in my way of life in the future. And when you when you live like that, when you invest life in that, that's the only way you're going to have joy. That's the only way you're going to be honored in the future is if you choose to start on that path. But like so many decisions, the decision of starting on the path of wisdom is one that we have to take with us throughout life. Right? It's a decision that we have to make over and over again. You know, you said, I do on the day that you were married, but every day really is a decision to say, I still do. I still am going to remain faithful to this decision that I made. And it's no different from wisdom. We, we not, not only just need to start on the right path, we need to, second of all, stay on the right path. Look at, look at verses 10 through 13. Hear, my son, accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let her go. Guard her, for she is your life. In verse 11, the father tells his son to stay on the path of wisdom that he's taught him about. Stick with this path. Verse 13, keep hold of instruction. Don't let it go. Guard it. Why? Because verse 13 says, she is your life. Wisdom is your life. It's the, the only way to abundant life. The path of wisdom is the only way that we're going to live the kind of abundant life that God promises to us when he is our God and, and, and when he is our Lord. So whether or, not, whether or not we're comfortable with this idea, there are only two ways to live. There are only two paths for us to choose from. The path of wisdom or the path of foolishness. Look at verses 14 to 17. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and they drink the wine of violence. These verses describe those who live for their sin. They live to hurt other people. Verse 16 says that they can't even get sleep at night unless they messed up somebody's life. Not the kind of person that we want to be around. Verse 17 says that their food is wickedness. Their drink is violence. We need food to live. We need drink to live. These people can't live unless they have their sin. They can't live without their sin. They're, they're absolutely slaves to it. And Jesus says in John 
8.34, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. We all, apart from Christ, are slaves to sin. So there are only two paths to choose from, the path of wisdom, the path of wickedness. And verse 18 just gives us this, this vivid picture of these two paths. Verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The path, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Those are the two paths. That's the picture that God paints these two paths. You've got the the way of wisdom, which is, you picture this paved pathway running over these beautiful green hills. The sun is rising, and as it rises higher and higher, the, the, the land just lights up. You know, it's this beautiful scene. It's the perfect day. That's what it's like when you're going on the path of wisdom. It's not free from trouble and heartache, but it is free from the trouble and heartache that comes from our sinful choices. The other way is the path of the wicked. It's not light, it's darkness. And in that darkness, you are stumbling over so many things. And when you're living on that path, it only ends in heartache. So the Father tells His Son, now that you're on the right path, stay on it. Don't veer off. Don't get sidetracked, because it will only hurt and harm you. We're told that if we really want to live, and graduates are going to be told in the next years that if you really want to live, you just need to throw off restraints. You need to live life for yourself. You need to make decisions for yourself. You need to live for your pleasure. But how many people do you know who have thrown their lives into their pleasure? who have thrown their lives into sin. How many of those kinds of people do you want to be like? How many of their lives do you look at and say, I want that for myself? No, those lives end in destruction. But look at the lives of the people in your life who have stuck to the right path. Look at how beautiful their life is. Look at how blessed by God their life is. What path do you want? What path is more attractive to you? A path that ends in trouble and heartache or a path that ends in joy and in blessing? Choose the path of joy and blessing. And really, the last part of the chapter flows out of this last point. The only way that we can stay on this right path is, number three, if we keep a determined focus on the right path. Verses 20 to 27, my son... Be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech, put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Do you notice all the parts of the body that are focused on following wisdom? Verse 20, incline your ear. Verse 23, keep your heart. Verse 24, talks about the mouth, crooked and devious talk. 25, let your eyes look directly forward. 
26, ponder the path of your feet. So, from head to toe, we need to keep a determined focus on living a wise and godly life, which means all of our energies should be focused on staying on the right path because it's so easy for us to get off the right path. It's so easy to lose focus. Countless people have brought years of sorrow and pain on themselves and others because they let their guard down for a moment. Ray Ortland, pastor, has said, every one of us is always five minutes away from total disaster. Every one of us is always five minutes away from total disaster. That's why we have to keep a determined focus every day of our lives. We don't play games with life. We have to keep our eyes on Christ. We have to keep taking in and listening to His words. And we have to keep walking in His ways. And if we do, we'll be safe. It takes a lot of effort to be able to do that. So, graduates, church, what are you doing to keep a determined focus on the right path? Coming to church once a week and hearing a sermon is good, but it is not enough to keep your focus throughout the week. That can't sustain you for the long haul. We can't expect one great meal, one great feast to last us throughout the whole week, can we? No. We need to eat every day if we're going to have the strength for the day. We, we can't just expect one great sermon each week to be enough to sustain us throughout the week. So, so graduates, church, what are you doing? Not on Sunday, but from Monday to Saturday to keep a determined focus on the right path. And, and I want to give you three ways to keep that determined focus from Monday to Saturday. First of all, your fellowship with God has to be strong. The reason why we stray off the right path so often is because we're not listening to and talking to the one who paved the path for us. How foolish are we when we think we can stay on the right path when we're not talking to the one who made that path for us? We also need to devote ourselves to the book of Proverbs. We need to get this book into us to read it and to reread it. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, and, and many Christians have found it helpful to, for each day of the month, to take that proverb and, and get it into them each month. Reading through it 12 times each year and investing your life into knowing this book, memorizing this book. And third, you need to surround yourself with wise men and wise women. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Walking with someone implies a relationship. So have you built any deep relationships with wise men and wise women in our church? Do you know them? Do they know you? If not, God is telling you, you need those relationships. You need the church. You need godly women, wise men and women in your life who know you and you know them. If it's only you in the book of Proverbs, that's good, but it's not enough. It has to be you, the book of Proverbs, and other wise people surrounding you. When you have that, you are building into your life the ability to stay on the right path for the long haul. Graduates, if, you, if you're staying local... 
Get committed not just to coming to church, but to investing your life in the church. Get involved in a small group. We have our college and career a small group. We have our college and career ABF. You have relationships with people that you're involved in in ministry here. Other adults who can invest into your life and, and who could show you the way to live. So, so give your life to those relationships. Find people who can keep you accountable for whether or not you're staying on the right path. If you're staying, keep plugged into our church. Get involved. You need that. If, if you guys are going away uh, this next year, the first decision you need to make is not all right, to go buy your textbooks. Or, or the, the first decision you need to make is what church am I going to go to? Even before you move, find that church. Google it. Look up everything that you can about these churches. Find the kind of church that you want to be involved in. That is the most important decision that you have to make over these next years of your life. So there are two paths for us to choose from. If you're on the right, if you're on the wrong path today, Jesus invites you to step off that path and to step on the right path through faith in Him and repentance, turning to Him, finding His salvation, finding His grace to live life His way. It's never too late for us to to go off the wrong path and to start walking on the right path. If you are on the right path, Stick with it. Stay on it. Get people around you who can keep you accountable on it and who can keep you from stumbling. Graduates, stay on the right path. Keep a determined focus on it. And you will find that this blessing, this life is true. And it's real. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing on our graduates. We thank you so much for them. We thank you for the years and the months that you've given to us for them to be a part of our, our body here at the church. We, we ask that you would fill them with your spirit in these coming days to keep a determined focus on the right path. We pray that over the next years, we would find you keeping them strong and using them in a great way. Father, do this by your power. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, graduates, uh, some of you guys need to head out right now. Uh, some of you guys, if you're able to stay, we would love for you guys just to go out in the lobby here so people can congratulate you on the way out. Faith, it was great seeing you today. Uh, go out this week in His grace and His strength.